Welcome back to the Remedial Film Class Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. And I'm Travis. And I'm George. And George has finally seen some shit. He's Mm. seen Die Hard. He's seen Die Hard. I mean, really, he's seen all the movies that we need for an American male to see. Yeah, so we're done. So, I mean, I guess we're just, yeah. George, how you doing, man? Great, man. Kane Hodder threatened my life this week. That was pretty cool. (laughs) Kane Hodder threatened your life, and Kevin yeah. Smith. Kevin Smith broke my balls in Kevin Smith form in nine minutes. <laughs> <laughs> he could have told me to f off in three <laughs> seconds. And he spent nine minutes telling me to f off. He spent some time uplifting you. He acted like a moderator, you Ugh. know, even a mediator, if you will, between you and I as to our disagreements about Kevin Smith's uh, epic. Uh, National Archives. What did he say? The Library of Congress <laughs> has clerks now. He, and, and he kind of like nonchalantly said it. Nah, he just he, he humble bragging now a little yeah. bit, but uh, he's right, and you're wrong. I, so I guess it's I wish all good. he knew that how much of a fan I was, but it's fine. <laughs> oh, <laughs> one day. But it's good to be noticed, uh, even if it took a cameo to get us noticed. I'm perfectly happy. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Well, it's like cool. I said, eventually we can bring that cameo up when we get to talk to him one day. That's true. Yeah, that's a very good point. Although, uh, from what I hear, if you say Kane Hodder's name three times, he appears on your doorstep with a machete. So, <laughs> I believe it. That happened to me. So, yes, it ha- it's true. <laughs> true story. It's a wonder you survived. He followed me to a friendlies. No, you don't have to be the fastest person. You just have to be faster than the person you shoved down. That's true. You gotta pull Shane, trip somebody. Well, boys, I <laughs> a little update for you uh, for the season. I watched Silent Night, comma, Deadly Night, Part Three today. Ooh! I Why? broke down For and what reason? I broke down and eBayed myself that three, four, and five pack that I talked about in that episode. <laughs> Let me tell you, as I said, uh, I hear four and five are good. I haven't watched them yet, but three, uh, you you could skip three, guys. There's I, I, not I much to it. report. <laughs> probably skip the other two as well. I well, I'll, I'll give you a, an update as I watch them. So, all right, sounds good. Yikes! Well, we're not gonna make George watch Silent Night, Deadly Night Part Three, although it does make an interesting companion piece to Mulholland Drive. <laughs> if you guys okay. ever want to double feature that. Uh, Have you ever seen Mulholland Drive? No. Okay, that's a good movie. Just, you should probably I see that. I just like how he's like, he's like, it does make an interesting yeah. comparison to. It's like, it's a crap movie. <laughs> <laughs> Poster was cool. Dan can like pull the symbolism out of anything. I think I turned George into a raptor just now. <laughs> <laughs> he just pulled Howard Dean. <laughs> 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 the the millennials we're listening. Wa- we're gonna watch Silent Night Deadline. I think Meg just left. Anyway, <laughs> holy mackerel! <laughs> well, we're not watching Silent Night, comma Deadly Night three this week. Travis, what are we making George watch? We are venturing down a genre of action films. So we picked what. Uh, what? Something that is near and dear to most people's lives that have seen movies. Robocop uh, 3. 
Yes, RoboCop 3. The aerial assault. Oh my no. god, flying RoboCop. Why? <laughs> what? Why, uh, God, why? Is that a real thing? Yeah. Oh my god. Um, so wow. we 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 are watching First Blood. Oh, is this a wedding video? Is that what I understand? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Directed by Kevin Smith, right? Oh, yeah. Dario Argento. I, would, I might watch that. <laughs> as long as the acting's good. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! Yeah, so uh, first blood, nineteen eighty-two, I believe. First blood. And George, do you have any idea what first blood is? Nope. It's not actually a wedding video, but it could be if you're brave <laughs> enough. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's in the back room with the curtain when you go to the old Errol's rental place. You find that, or you know, any family video. Do you guys ever go to That's family true. video? No. I never go because I don't rent movies, but they have like a like a a porn section, even though it looks like yeah. a blockbuster. Yeah, we had we back in the day we used to have that where you would go to Suncoast, I think, and uh, Errol's, and they had a section, which I'm fine with, whatever. But it does totally yeah. explain the one time I went to our small town video store and I saw this really scary looking guy with a stack of like 20 movies and the checkout girl looked really uncomfortable. I just figured he didn't have Netflix and he wanted to watch a lot of movies. Found out later they had a porn section. <laughs> this was <sighs> after Netflix? This, this was, was recently. Oh, this was like 2015. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It wasn't Dante, was it? Hey, you know, uh, <laughs> what Dante does in his spare time. That's true. That's true. It's his business. He is cooped up in the store a lot. I mean, it's a pandemic in a convenience store. You, who knows? <laughs> Give me the keys. <laughs> <laughs> oh Sorry, I have, to, I have a movie Tourette's this evening. Mm. We probably ought to let George watch First Blood. Yeah. No, George. Really though, you any idea what we're putting you into? Have you ever heard of this movie? No. Do you know who it stars or what characters are in it? No. Cool. Nothing. You're literally the last American male that doesn't know. So <laughs> I did, we're happy I to th- do this for you. I didn't know there was a movie called First Blood. Mm. Just oh. I we'll have, have no s- idea. We'll have to if talk Travis about didn't it. say action, I wouldn't have known that either. Okay. I mean, it sounds like an action movie. Or maybe a horror movie. Horror. horror yeah. yeah, horror film. Yeah. All right. Well, well hey, guys. We'll I'm going to spoil ready. the movie if we don't. So we better... Yeah, I mean, hmm. yeah. <laughs> Wheel in the cart. Oh, oh, squeak, squeak, squeak. <laughs> Crash, dead student. Oh, lawsuit. Womp, womp. Womp, womp. Top heavy. I mean, aren't they all, though? You know what I'm saying? Hey, now. <laughs> Let's get to work, guys. I'll see you on the back end. All right. Well, George, did we do it? Well, Dan, we did. Yes. Ooh. We got you to watch a Rambo movie, and you didn't know it was a Rambo John movie? John Rambo. Yeah, you guys... Uh, Keep that hidden. Yeah, you, you hit it well. Did you just smile? So, just so our, our listeners know, um, they wouldn't allow me to look at the DVD case. <laughs> I had to have my wife put the DVD in the PlayStation it puts and the DVD start playing in the basket. it. <laughs> and start playing it and pause it. Right. And then I was allowed to come in the room and press play and watch the movie. Yes. And that's the way you should watch it, because otherwise you're going to know exactly what it is no, when you no see No spoilers. 
That's until good. until I saw Sylvester Stallone's name. Yes, in the it's pretty the big in the very beginning. I was like, oh yeah, he's in this. Okay. I'm glad you didn't know it was a Rambo film because even monks know who John Rambo is. I mean, I know who John Rambo is. Right. But, but you didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah. And what's funny is when I popped in the DVD, it said Rambo First Blood. Now, I remember when I was younger, it was just called First Blood. Mm. Yeah. That's the actual title of the movie. But when they realized that now Rambo is a star and he right. makes all these movies. Because originally it was Rambo First Blood Part 2. Right. Is the full name of Rambo 2. Right. But Rambo 1's just First, First Blood. First Blood. Right. So I, to me, when I pop that DVD, I'm like, he's going to see that right away. He's going to know it's a Rambo movie. So I'm glad uh, his wife participated. Compliments. So thank you, thank to you Meg. Megan. Shout, yes. shout out to you. Hip hip. She's on part. our side. Yeah. Now, my That's wife good. watched this movie last night. Yeah. And my 15 year old watched it. Did she talk through the it. whole thing? She did not. Okay. <laughs> she enjoyed it. <laughs> she said he was badass mm. a couple times. And uh, she was into it. Gabe left the room twice to throw up once, <laughs> and he was nauseous once during the uh, the stitching uh, himself up scene. I think probably. it was a, it was a it was a <laughs> a compilation of the two. It was the arm stitch that he tried to avoid. That was a good one. And I said it looked real. I told him I said it's not really bloody, but it looks real. And then the uh, the tourniquet scene. I, oh I, really? He, he hates that word. No, that wow. wasn't that bad. Yeah, but I think because he, he knows what it is, he was expecting to see stuff, and I think he just—I didn't think it. Put yeah, him the he head. was expecting to see like fountains of blood. Yeah, I mean there was yeah. a lot of off-screen stuff, so I was trying to tell him to just watch, but he gets very squeamish about medical things, so he's definitely not going to be a <laughs> an EMT. <laughs> Word. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. So that—that's a sign of a good movie if if my son gets a little ghosted and queasy. I will say that arm, the oozing blood effect. Mm -hmm. I mean, whoever's can, we've seen some questionable oozing blood through our mm -hmm. Friday the 13th journey. Whoever's running that effect is doing a hell of a job. Like it's I consistent. I think they actually really cut them. I mean, I wouldn't be, honestly, <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me in the least if yeah, they did. It looked real. It looked really real. But I assume always that it's fake and that they've just tricked me. But knowing mm. Stallone, like, yeah, they might have just. Uh, yeah. Now, this was, what, 82? 82. Okay, so it's right before Rocky Three. That's why he looks so ripped and jacked. Mm. He's not He's not Rocky One, pudgy. He's he's pretty uh, ripped. I haven't seen any of the Rocky movies either. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, stop tape. We're going to watch Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> I um, live three miles from Philadelphia. I've yeah. never seen any of the Rocky wow. movies. Wow, yeah, that'll That's be... That's pretty uh, sad. We're definitely doing that. Yeah. Um, so... He had that, he was a star, but this was like his new venture into the action hero realm that Arnold had cornered. Mm -hmm. So he started this as well. I mean, he was Rocky, but he wasn't like the, the badass Chuck Norris type. Right. And this, the movie, this movie kind of put him in that category. And rightly so, so. I want to talk about your expectations a little bit, George. So we didn't tell you what First Blood was. We gave you no background. You see the intro, Sylvester Stallone. Okay, you've heard of him. You know he's in stuff. Did it take until they announced him as John Rambo that you realized it was a Rambo movie? Yes. Now, when they said, 
you know, what's your name? Rambo, John Rambo. Everybody talks like this because it's an action movie in the 80s. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they got to that part, did you smile and squeal with joy or did you roll your <laughs> eyes and go, oh no, another action movie? No, I mean, you guys did mention it when we were uh, talking about Die Hard, right? So mm. um, I knew a little bit of what to expect from this movie, you know, action-wise. But no, I, I, I didn't you know cringe or anything like when i was when i realized it was rambo i just thought okay well i'm gonna see the other side of this coin Mm. right and i was kind of a little excited about that and um yeah i didn't feel any certain way i was just like okay let's watch this movie now do you think that the movie that you just watched was that the movie you expected from a quote-unquote rambo movie based on the reputation that rambo movies get the last 20 minutes, yeah. Mm. But the first, however long before that, was much more subdued than I thought it would be. It was survivalist Jason. Yeah. <laughs> he was even in a burlap sack, dudes. Yeah. 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 It's it's Friday part two with a machine gun. With a machine gun. Mm-hmm. Which I'm fine with. You guys know me. I love sack Jason. <laughs> and I love machine guns. So what's <laughs> up? <laughs> yeah, I kept getting a, especially when they were hunting him down. I kept getting like a predator feel. Mm-hmm. Like I was, om- I was almost like, wow, this is a lot like a predator movie, with, but it's just people. It's almost exactly. Well, and so yeah, uh, George, you've seen Predator, right? So we can talk about Predator. It was a very long time yeah, ago. But I think yes, I was like, I'd... you were like a kid. <laughs> <when you watched laughs> yeah, I might have been like ten. Well, because yeah. Uh, yeah, today I had the same thought, and I told Travis when he mentioned it earlier today, I said, save it for the pod, hashtag. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, I had the exact same thought. I, I thought, oh my God, when they made Predator, they were just like, hey, remember First Blood? What if he was an alien? Mm-hmm. But I mean, there's enough differences where you would watch that and go, oh yeah, this is a this is a totally different movie, but the feel of it. That segment, though, where yeah. he's attacking Pick but not killing all the mm-hmm. sheriff guys, I mm-hmm. mean, that's that's Predator. That is yeah. the movie Predator, just with Rambo instead of an alien. Mm-hmm. But they do enough, like, especially that last half hour, the psychological stuff, and, and oh, I mean, yeah. they get I a mean, little deeper, so it's, I mean, it's good. You know, the big difference, obviously, is he's human, right? And at the end, he breaks down, which mm. Predator would never do. Well, right? he does, but not in front of the camera. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. But it's, yeah, it's true. It's like he's like superhuman somehow. I mean, it's just a green beret, right? Just a yeah. Just I mean, a green just beret. Just a green beret. No, yeah. I shouldn't have said it that way. No, he's a green beret, so he is superhuman. That's what I meant to say. That's what's funny about all those lines. Like, if this was made today, a lot of those lines wouldn't have been throwaway. Like what? Just like the, I guess it was the David Caruso character, the the one trooper that was kind of. Saying to Dennehy, who's the main guy, mm-hmm. you know, oh, you're in for it today. You know what what <laughs> what you're about to experience. Like he kind of knew, and uh, but they all all those lines didn't they didn't hit or stick. Like you heard them, but I think those lines would have made the ending um, would have had more more gravity to it if you had they had made in the beginning the specialty that a Green Beret is. Like, uh, he seemed to be the only one who knew. <laughs> and 
if if a lot of them were talking more about it, they just were like laughing it off because they're a bunch of you know Washington State cops that yeah. they don't really care. But it's, yeah, they had they, no idea. The word I wrote down was pride. I even said the gay, but I was like, you know, mm. if you watch these cops, the, the the word pride just keeps popping in my head. Like, look how dangerous pride is. Because yeah. the, the Dennehy character was just full of it. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking um, escalation. Yes. Like, neither side wanted to de-escalate at all. But right? bo- both were capable. But they were both... His pride got in the way, and and obviously Rambo's PSD got in the way. P, you know, P, PTSD, PTSD yeah. got got in the way. PSD photo, Photoshop, um, <laughs> <laughs> graphic designer. Um, but yeah, so for him, I don't think he like he said in at the end of the movie, he couldn't turn it off. You can't turn it off. Yeah, I mean, he's a trained killer, and even when he he talks to you know his superior at the end. And he's listening to that story about his friends blowing up in front of him and you mm-hmm. know, couldn't find his legs and all that stuff. Like, that was well played. He was just listening to that story, and you could tell mm-hmm. in his face that he created this. He, it's him. Yeah. I'm at fault. I created this. Yeah. So, and then I don't know if Dennehy ever had that feeling because he created the whole situation as well. So the, right. the whole movie was basically cause and effect and pride. Yeah. Can I point out that? If we rewind back to Tommy Jason, remember how I said, you know, if like Tommy Jason could be Tommy Jason and like the Jason could be passed on to Tommy mm-hmm. through PTSD, that's basically what they did. Yeah, there. absolutely. And did it seem a reasonable explanation mm-hmm. for all this in this movie? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Right. Well, I mean, full metal, no full different metal than Silent Ooh. Night, Deadly Night, right? Just oh, yeah. same, stop it. Same thing. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> He's trying. <laughs> He's trying to wrench that in. Punish. <laughs> but I keep thinking of Full Metal Jacket too. It's like that whole movie is based yeah. on the mentality of you, you've created killers, and then now you have to reap what you sow. Sure. You know, not everybody's going to be stable, especially when they go to war. Or when they come back. And when they come back, yeah. One thing's for sure: we need to take better care of our vets. Mm. Yeah. That's what I. Yeah, thought. we That's do. That's what I thought at the end. Honestly, I was like, man. <laughs> well, they take care of them way better now than they did yeah, back then. Yeah, I know they do. I had explained to, to Gabe, you know, what the whole point of this was that, you know, these guys came home. Yeah. And they were spit. He he mentions it in the movie, but it you does. don't really hear it. I mean, you know, they were spit. And whenever I see a Vietnam veteran, I always welcome them. I always say, welcome home. Because I know what they went through. Yeah. And it's a shame. And this movie kind of puts that into perspective. Because, yeah, you don't know what they went through. Most of them don't want to talk about it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the the stuff they've seen, like Tom Savini always talked about it, you know, and he puts that his his therapy is basically creating fake versions of real things that he's seen, mm. and that's how he dealt with it. But not everybody comes through like him. On a lighter note, Travis, your knife was in this movie. Yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> it was not as long. <laughs> oh man, but it was that knife only only eighteen inches, not quite up yeah. to the. Michael Myers Halloween standard? No, not at all. <laughs> that thing was a machete. <laughs> <laughs> but that survival knife, that was huge back then. Like, everybody wanted that knife. What did he because say? Because of this movie. What did he say? What What do you hunt with this? Oh, God, what did he say? I couldn't, I couldn't tell what he said. I even rewound it. Do you know what he it. said, Dan? He I, said, what do you, you know, hunt with this? 
I should have had closed captions on. There were two or three times I had to rewind mm-hmm. it just to catch a line here and there. And I think I'll blame it on the fact that I was watching the uh, the 4K version. <laughs> you know, you guys love it when I talk about my 4Ks. Mm, nice. I can't wait but for 5K it defaults to come out. To like, yeah, right? It'll default to like 7.1 and I don't have a sound bar in there. So it. I really need to watch everything in mono or 2.1 and... I miss a little dialogue here and there. Hey guys, it's Dan and Post. I just had to know, what is it that John Rambo hunts with a knife? And so here, I'm going to insert the sound clip from the movie. Don't be a wise guy. What do you hunt with a knife? Amy. Well, that settles it, guys. Uh, what does he hunt with a knife? Amy. Come again there, Stallone? Amy, 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 Amy. Well, I mean, it's perfectly clear to me, but just in case any of you don't understand Stallone dialect, which is its own thing, uh, he says, name it, uh, per the closed captions, because I couldn't understand what the hell he was saying, so I had to go back and turn on closed captions. So, what do you hunt with a knife? Name it. Name it. Yeah, okay. Uh, How he's going to hunt uh viruses and or flying birds with a knife i haven't figured out but maybe i just don't name those anyway back to the show but i hate to watch subtitles on action movies because Mm -hmm. it always blocks up part of my death and explosions right i don't mind it if i'm watching an italian flick though (laughs) for whatever reason actually you know what i really like to do guys if you want to know how to watch halloween 78 the real halloween Italian language with English subtitles. It just feels right. It just feels right. <laughs> That's funny. Just put that knife in and keep twisting it. I like it. It's good. It it is it's a whole different movie and at the same time it's exactly the same movie like all the other movies called Halloween. That Are the Italian doing. actors as good in their delivery? Of course not. Yeah. Although Annie's a little better. <laughs> Annie's a little better. Poor Annie. We always pick on Annie. <laughs> Linda! Ugh. <laughs> Such a whiner, man. <laughs> oh, the dog geez. is barking again. In the... Anyway. Somebody stab her in the throat. <laughs> somebody, somebody choke her and then <laughs> stab her and no one sees it for 30 years. <laughs> weird throat slit. And Dan Still just sees it. Oh wait, he he wait he cut her throat. I've been yeah. watching this movie for thirty years. <laughs> Took me thirty years to find that stupid. I hate that. Four K. Yay! But Rambo looks awesome in the uh, in the four K with the the HDR lighting, so the explosions are brighter and the mm. darks are darker, and it's just it's a lot, man. It, it's awesome. The scene in the mine is just like it's That's captivating. A great scene. It's so cool. I forgot how good this movie was. Like, I remember being a kid and I was like, oh, cool. I get to watch an R-rated movie, you know, with my mm. dad and I get to sit and watch it. And it was, I was watching it pretty much for the the craziness of it. But to actually watch it now and get the the character and the dialogue, it's, and, and like you said, the, how well it's shot and, you know, in the, in the mine shaft and you get to see the the air pulling the flames and mm. you see how, how he's getting out as he's following the flames, like all that stuff. You're a kid. You don't think of that crap. You're just like, Oh cool. He's blowing things up. Yeah. Good stuff. He does blow the holy hell out of that <laughs> gas station though. Doesn't he? Yeah. No stone unturned. Oh my God. 
and the dealership next door. <laughs> he just keeps blowing things up. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Uh, like escalation. Like mm. I'm like, does he really have to do that? Right. Well, yeah. I mean, his pride got got him too. I mean, he he wanted to teach that guy a lesson. Right. And he did. I mean, the whole the whole time I was thinking, and this is you know this is you know analytical George. If this actually happened in real life, that green beret would disappear, and no one would ever find him. Hmm. Right. Well, he probably wouldn't have made it out of the police station. <laughs> like in George's world, that would never happen. That's just true. He probably wouldn't have. Right. They got like too much. I don't know. Too much honor. Or mm-hmm. like too much, like yeah, it, it it's gonna take more than like a jerk cop, right? You know what I mean? It's like I, I don't know. I just feel like those guys walk around. Not this is not in a bad way, but they just walk around like you can act whichever way you want. I really don't care. I'm a green beret, you know. Like whatever is going on in this jerk cop's mind or, mm-hmm. and his pride or whatever his his issues, like that's the. From the Green Berets that I know, which is none, none, but right. that's the feeling I get. Well, you assume, like, I mean, like you said, they have they have an honor system that's beyond. You know, I mean, civilians, I've listened to so. a lot of like Jocko Wilnick videos, right? So I know how they think, or at least you think how Jocko, does. right? Yeah, how he thinks. Well, I mean, he was kind of a cartoon as well, the the sheriff, because like like sure. you said, escalation. You were saying that when he's blowing up the town. I wrote one of the first things I wrote was, "Wow, that escalated quickly." <laughs> right, because <laughs> it went from "I want to get something to eat" to you know, yeah, where it went. And I'm like, right. okay, now he's being hosed down with a fire hose, and the, but he didn't do anything. Like you said, I didn't do nothing. Well, but, I mean, at that point, he did. At that point, he did. But I mean, he was <laughs> at that point, he assaulted a couple cops. So. But all the stuff that happened, even in the drive to the bridge, when he tells him, "Oh, that's thirty miles away. Yeah, you know, take a walk." Like that stuff, that was escalation that was unnecessary. Sure. Let him have a sandwich. Like, yeah. So he, he was already a cartoon. And yeah. then all the cops were just parodies. Bumbling idiots. Yeah. yeah, it was almost like I was waiting for George to say, is this satire? Because it's like they were a bunch of Keystone cops, but they were all, but they thought they were badasses. Yeah. Did you catch that the name of the town is Hope? No. So I when did. the sheriff drives him out of town he he takes him to the very edge of hope of leaving hope and then he wow. turns around and goes back into hope deep i didn't mm. know that that's awesome it's going for it man like that's the difference between this and rambo 2 spoiler alert uh this one has a soul mm. and a brain and guns lots of I guns i think i think some of rambo 2 has a bit of a soul but it does not have a brain like they were just competing with with Chuck Norris at that point, and they, but the 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 heart, the soul of it is the rescuing POWs. So it's like, you know, I I, I could feel for that, but yeah, it obviously goes off the the execution. Chain. Yeah. is not so adept. Right. I do like Rambo three though. Yeah, don't know that but, it ages well, but it, it's a good <laughs> flick. It's like Red Dawn. Oh, it's worse than Red Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> Although, ask me again in five years, right? <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, and then uh, the new Rambo. I haven't seen the newest one yet, but the 
the, the newest newer one's one really good. It's that like took this place one. in Asia. That was really good. Yeah, gross, but like fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the character's written well. It's definitely not a a one dimensional character. So if you want to put feels in there, you can. Just like Rocky. I mean, Rocky's kind of like a he's a fighter, and you can feel for him or not. But then when they put it in the layers, then you're like, okay, now I get it. Now I know why it's Oscar award winning, as opposed to it just being a movie about a boxer. The interesting thing about First Blood for me is this, it's a two trains about to run into each other situation where, you know, neither side is willing to break and they're just on this collision course. And no Mm. matter what anybody besides, you know, the Dennehy character and Stallone, no matter what anybody outside does, those two are going to collide and they're bound and determined to get through obstacles to get to each other. And mm. at all the points that they could choose not to run into each other, they both fail that decision and just <laughs> keep barreling toward each other. It's really interesting. I don't know if it's good, but it's compelling as hell. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of the, the quote from uh, The Dark Knight. This is what happens when an unstoppable force meets an immovable object. Because it, it, it basically explains this movie. You, you, you basically have a two freight trains coming at each other and they're not, they're on the same track. And well, it's, it's you know, it's an well. oversimplification of that whole thing where it's like, this is my country, but no, this is my country mm-hmm. and they can't see their shared humanity. So they just break it down into tribalism. Whoa. Whoa, man. It's not good. Yeah. It's not I healthy, not a healthy put... dynamic for two folks. Mm hmm. Like that that whole, I don't know, I would like to see some backstory on, on the sheriff and see why he hates Vietnam soldiers so much. Like that 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 seemed like it was deep-rooted hatred. Well, he hates drifters, man. Yeah. He doesn't but, want people, uh, to, he just, wants people tethered. That's just a label. He doesn't like them drifting. But like you said, like when you think of a soldier who fights for your freedoms and whatever and, they, you know, the, the pride in the flag and all that, like all those things that makes it, somebody join the military and want to fight for their country to crap on that person when they come home for whatever reason, you know, this is my country. Well, no shit. It's your country, but it's mine too. And I fought for it. So why are you treating me this way? Like I, I I couldn't fathom that character as a real person without any backstory, like why he's that way. But like you said, yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a mountain town cop who doesn't like drifters so i get that but just seemed very deep rooted yeah it seemed like there was more there than just like maybe an alcoholic father who was a you know maybe a soldier that used to beat him beat his mother something something that made him almost hate him way more than he needed to i don't think i don't think you even need that but i don't know it's a weird uh it's a weird thing because like you know it's like he was in a war, right? Mm. You know, he supposedly, you know, but it was a that, war that, that they specific, didn't like. That specific war, you know, he was supposedly fighting for his country, but you know, that particular war, it's like not a very popular war, especially in you know, eighty two. Maybe, yeah. maybe we shouldn't have gone over that. Like, maybe we shouldn't have messed with that. I don't know. I'm not a historian on it. But what do you do with a soldier that comes back? from a war that you don't believe we should be involved with. Right. You know? 
Well, I'll tell you, the gas station explodes and then he lights a gun store on fire. <laughs> you know what? I was thinking when that was going on, when the, all the uh, bullets were going off and, you know, whatever, in the gun store, I thought, oh, he's like using this as a Det- distraction, distraction so that he can get a position and blah, blah, blah. And that didn't happen. Like... He didn't take advantage of that at all. It was almost like he was blowing it up for no reason. It kind of got him in position no, to get didn't. across the street to the police station, right? I, I mean, don't know. In a, in a haphazard way. I kind of felt yeah. like... Well, I mean, because at the end of that whole explosion sequence, he's still on the ground, right. and the sheriff is up top, and he's still not in the good position that he wants to be in. Right. It's almost like he blew it up for no reason. I thought he did it chaos. so he could find. It. He knew in his mind he knew that he was going to be up there, and he wanted to see his position. And with all that commotion, that would make him poke his head up and see what was going so on. So this was a theme. This is something that I thought throughout the whole movie. Another one of my analytical George points. I wanted to see more tactics, mm. like from a Green Beret, like you know things that you wouldn't think of. Especially with all the dialogue, you know, yeah. foreshadowing it. I would yeah. have liked to see, and that that blowing up a, you know, an ammo shop, could be a great tactic, for something. Right. But it really didn't end up being anything. I was kind of disappointed. It's almost as if the director of the movie was the same guy that did Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it. It, it is exactly that, actually. Okay, okay I, that's I think, what I figured. <laughs> because uh, you're right, and I, I need to read the book, I guess. I have such a long queue of books I need to read because of this right. show. But I didn't uh, even know it was a book. When I saw it in the credits, I was like, oh, wow. But so yeah, I got the up. impression going into it that he blew up the gas station to draw the police to one end of town, hmm. and then mm-hmm. he blew up the gun store to make it sound like he was actively firing so that he could create a right. diversion. Right. But what, the movie though? doesn't give you that. Mm-hmm. Right, like they, exactly. They set it up, and it's almost like, did they not have the budget to drag that huge police response over to the fire? Because no, nobody goes. The town is a ghost mm-hmm. town at that point. And I think it's right. just a, probably a budget and a health and safety thing that for that scene, they just don't have any... I mean, the only people in town are him and the sheriff guy and then Colonel Troutman. So, Well, there's a bunch <sighs> of stuff like that. Like, I thought when he stole the army truck, it was... You knew they were going to catch up to him. Like, yeah, coming in the passenger side and just hijacking the truck is not a good tactical thing right, to do. Because and then you leave the guy alive, which means he can tell them that you have a truck. Right. You. Yeah. Exactly. Just like the hunter's kid, like you didn't knock him out, and he ran off and told on you right away. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But bad tactics. Tactics you wouldn't expect from. Well, maybe his heart got in the way. Like he didn't want to hurt the kid. Please. And then the kid went and turned on him. I don't know. As I mean, soon as can, it happened, you I was can like, yeah. not hurt someone and still shut them up. Oh, he could have knocked them out in two seconds. You That's what he should have done. Yeah, he could have put a, I don't know, put something in his mouth and even what? choked him out. Well, you know, that old game where you just put something in his mouth. <laughs> no, yeah, so he can't. Yeah, whatever. You know what I meant. Put a rag in his mouth, tie him up, leave him there. <laughs> something, whatever you got on. Take you. him, take him with you for another hundred yards and then yeah. leave him there. Because he gave his position right away. Exactly. Bad tactics. Yeah, it's almost like again in Predator that 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 comes up. You know, you, you give our position one more time, kind of thing. Like he he totally gave up his position twice by just letting the person live and or walk. Mm-hmm. And when he was on the top of that truck, 
All he had to do was just lay on top of it until it got mm-hmm. to somewhere that was outside of town. Which is done ditch many it. times in movies. Yeah. Ditch it and you're free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because as soon as you kick that guy out of the truck, he's going to tell somebody you have a truck. Right. So I guess he didn't care because he did go right back into town with it. Well, he knew he had an M60 <laughs> at that point. Right. He wanted to shoot some shit. Uh, or as they call it, a Rambo gun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. He's done more for the advertising of whatever company makes the M60 than. Yeah. It's really interesting. But interesting, he, too, because that's, like that's the Huey door gun gun. So you get Full Metal Jacket where you're mm-hmm. essentially, you see an American soldier committing a war crime. And then you get this movie where he's using the same gun on his local town. Ta- this movie is troublesome. I like it. Mm. But I think it does, a lot of it's it comes messy. down to just, it's a bunch of dick measuring. You mm-hmm. know, it's the sheriff and then that mm. that awful deputy who's so trigger happy. He was a pretty good actor. But again, he was one dimensional. Like you could totally assume what all these cops were going to do. This movie, I love it until I think about it. And then I kind of don't love it. But then I think about the helicopter stunts and the, mm. it's, I don't know, man. Do I it's like this movie? It's an 80s movie. It's an 80s movie. But it's smarter than an 80s movie, sort of. Yeah. Well, I think the smartness comes from probably the book. I, like you said, if you read the book, I'm sure there's a whole bunch of just treasure trove of information in that book that we're not getting in this movie. This I don't movie's know, though. a mess, but it's the, great. <laughs> the thing that... There's so many things that I could pick apart with this movie. But one thing that I will pick apart now for all of you, I think that the movie and probably the book are written in such a way that they're intentionally building this conflict between two armed parties so that it can escalate into this giant war. Right. But I think it would make a hell of a lot more sense if it weren't local county sheriffs. Because if there's anyone I know from experience who have sympathy and also empathy for veterans. Yeah. It's the local county sheriff. Like, it doesn't make sense for these two to be so at each other's throat. And so it Mm. feels artificial. And Mm -hmm. I think that's a lot of what we're trying to grasp. Like, what is wrong with this sheriff that he's such a fucking dick when most local sheriffs are going to be... Off the bat. Like, like, helpful to (laughs) veterans. And I know it's a different era. But even then, the county sheriff shouldn't be the one that you're it's not the natural antagonist of the drifter former soldier who's in grief and also suffering from ptsd but there wasn't even like a like the only time there wasn't escalation well there wasn't no gradual reason for it like he was he was at 11 right when he saw him right and it seemed strange like you're saying you would think the local cops would have a, a feel for you know, veterans way before you get like these, the National Guard comes in, you would think they would have some kind of empathy too. And though they were a joke, I wrote down (laughs) uh, National Guard comic relief, question mark. Yeah, they were like the paintball crew from Jason, whatever. How insulting that was. Yeah. And they're they're trying to show like, oh, you know, Rambo being a tough Green Beret is like the... Yeah, you know, the top elite military, and look how he looks down on everybody. It's just, mm. it, it's very sloppily handled. I don't think it was, you know what it strikes me as? It's like somebody with a bachelor's in English or creative writing felt like they needed to say something, mm. and out came first blood. 
Right. And they didn't oh, take the time commentary. to like have any military experience or pay a technical advisor or run it by anyone who's ever been in the military. Mm-hmm. And instead they yeah. just wrote it based on what they feel from seeing on the news. Yeah. And then we got this movie. You know what series does a really good job of highlighting a uh, a conflict like that, like you're talking about? Although it's not really a military veteran, but it doesn't matter. Um, Waco, that miniseries mm. on Netflix. Oh my God. That was such a good example of like escalation between two parties. You know, the government, the FBI, ATF on one side and pick a character on the other who's just not willing to give up. Waco was awesome. But did they have a guy fall out of a helicopter? Because that part was pretty cool. They had a guy get shot and fall off a roof. Yeah. And they spliced in actual video from the actual <laughs> Waco incident into the miniseries. Is that it exploitative was, or is that cool? Oh, so good. So cool. Well, okay. Have to check it out. I loved it. How about those helicopter stunts, though? Does it? Does everybody <laughs> else in this group get a little clinchy when they see helicopter stunts? Or is it just me? It's not just you. I was thinking the same thing. I have like, to assume the part where he's like, when the actor himself is on the helicopter, they, they have to be on a crane at that point. They wouldn't be risking an actor's life with an actual helicopter, but maybe in 82 they would. But there's a lot of good helicopter action in this movie. And it's scary. You know what I was thinking the whole dangerous. time? It seems like helicopters are hard enough to fly not right next to the side of a mountain. Right. The gorge. Right. The gorge is not a place you want to be flying a helicopter, I assume. So, yeah, I was thinking that. Definitely. One of my favorite Italian giallo guys died in a helicopter crash making mm. a movie. And it's just same era. It was like 83, 84. So it's just like, oh, just don't don't put anybody in the helicopter. Like, thank goodness for CGI, I guess, because now we don't have to do that. But yikes. Super dangerous. Yeah, just ask John Landis. Oh, man. Stevie Ray Vaughan. Mm, that Co- was a helicopter? Kobe. Kobe Bryant, yeah. Man. Like, helicopters are dangerous enough. Yeah, my dad told me about a... Uh, a guy that served during Vietnam that was a helicopter pilot and he served like eight tours or whatever, eight years and then came home and was, did flying tours and crashed the helicopter during the flying tours, but survived flying a (laughs) helicopter in Vietnam. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. That's the funny thing about rotary wing aircraft, man. If, uh, if your airplane engines go out, you're a glider. If your helicopter rotor goes out, <laughs> you're a rock. Yeah, a spinning rock. Spinning Yeesh. rock. But still, if I could fly Apaches, I would sign up right now. That'd be really cool. It is yeah, pretty cool. cool. I don't know if I could go up there, but it sounds cool. You'd be like a, a mechanical wasp. Yeah. <laughs> Covered in hellfire missiles. Yeah. Yeah. So, guys... You know what my favorite part of uh, action movie time is? Talking about guns? Talking about guns. Yes. A lot so of guns in this did movie. Did you notice the interesting, I mean, you may not have, the interesting armaments of the county sheriff and his deputies when they first go out, when they're getting their butts handed to them by Rambo? Mm. For uh, whatever reason, 
Yeah, some kind of carbine weapon. Well, you got the guys. One guy had an A1 M16, so like straight up Vietnam era. Mm-hmm. One of them, in certain shots, it looked like he had a car 15, like the shorter pre-M4 version of the carbine. Mm-hmm. But the really interesting thing was Brian Dennehy was carrying an H&K G3A3. Why? Like <laughs> I was asking myself the same question. What is he... D- I mean, I it's a cool gun if you are... I Why? I mean, I don't know. It's like an M14, like equivalent kind of probably lighter weight a little bit but like what where did there would be different ammo than the other guns like the sheriff gets his own ammo stock that's pretty selfish yeah no no tactics at all hmm very strange very very strange very poor trigger discipline in this movie as well a lot of shooting that didn't need to be done which i mean it kind of emphasizes the fact that these guys are somewhat incompetent Mm -hmm. but at the same time it may just be that the movie doesn't know the details of what it's trying to say. It's just got this like thing it needs to say, right? Yeah. And that's kind of, I think, the trap for this movie is it has some cool action parts. It has things that it wants to say, but it hasn't really earned or like worked out the details of how to say the thing. So in summary, I would say almost the same thing that I said about um, Die Hard. Like, this was a movie. You know, it wasn't a terrible movie. It wasn't as good as good as it could have been. It wasn't, you know, very realistic or whatever. Um, could have been better. Wasn't terrible. It was a movie. I guess it was worth the time. However, now after watching this movie, I have a better appreciation for Die Hard. And that's what I wanted to know. I wanted to yeah. know, would George think Die Hard was better because it's more fun? Mm. Or would he like Rambo better, First Blood, uh, because it takes itself a little more seriously? Whether or not it earns it, it certainly thinks it's writing the best picture of 1982. Mm. Right. Yeah, no, I uh, I mean, if I had to pick between the two movies, it would definitely be Die Hard because they don't take the genre too seriously. It's more fun than that movie. Yeah. And and also, you know, I keep coming back to that dynamic that you pointed out to me, Dan. You know, how like the working class people or like the boots on the ground are the only competent people. Mm. I love that theme. And, you know, and that the, you know, the action hero is, you know, not invincible. You know how I I like my my heroes to be mortal. Um, Yes. Yeah. I don't think Die Hard had much of a social commentary either. So that kind of took the gravity out of it a little bit. Like this movie, like you said, it has something to say. Yeah. And it's telling a story about PTSD and and Vietnam War and Mm -hmm. all that stuff. None of that is in Die Hard. Right. Nor should it be. We don't even understand why the Germans are (laughs) (laughs) now terrorists and bank bank robbers. But there's, there's no purpose in Die Hard other than it's just a fun popcorn movie. Yeah. Well, but I mean, it does have that whole boots on the ground perspective, which if it was, if it wasn't something you agreed with, right? Or if you felt excluded by that perspective, you might feel just as strongly as you sounded talking about the social issues explored in First Blood. It may just be that 
it doesn't affect you in the same way. But I imagine there's plenty of, you know, FBI agents who watch Die Hard, and when those parts come on, they just go, oh, man, they had something to say, <laughs> and they said yeah. it. Mm. You know, I imagine that goes both ways. Yeah. Again, Waco, much better representation of what a incompetent FBI looks like. Hmm. But then, you know, Silence of the Lambs, pretty competent. Even their trainees are catching bad guys. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that the FBI is. I'm just saying the representation of what an incompetent FBI looks like. Accurate. There was no federal law enforcement in First Blood. Did you notice that? The highest right. they went was the state cops and then mm-hmm. yeah. Colonel Troutman. And the National Guard. Mm-hmm. And the National Guard, which is a non- uh, law enforcement. You, the deployment of the and National then, Guard so quick felt so fake. Like, I know they're yeah. trying to get there, but, like, anyone who's played Grand Theft Auto knows that that's a five-star <laughs> warning level, and he skipped right past four-star. <laughs> mm. Actually, I think it's five and six. I I apologize. It's been a minute since I've played GTA 3 on the PlayStation 2. But, yeah, so it's it's they skipped the five-star warning level and went straight to six-star, and... I mean, the five star is the best part because you get to steal the FBI car. Did you guys right. play GTA 3 as much as I did? No. Uh, no, definitely not. Oh, dudes. That A game little was bit. awesome. Back in like was... 2002? Something like mm. that. I was planning a wedding. You're so old. No, I was married then. Yeah, that's probably why I didn't play it. <laughs> I got married in 2000. Oh, geez. Yeah, you missed all the yeah. fun missed all the fun <laughs> <laughs> apparently the sheriff is a decorated war hero it's mentioned in the book so a couple answered questions that uh, that actually just leads, leads to more questions kinda... i don't that doesn't that actually Not makes really. it less clear to me what the hell is that guy's problem <laughs> yeah, he, but even more he should sympathize i'm gonna go back to I don't know who wrote. I don't know anything about the author of the book, so I, I should look right. this up. But I'm just going to put out here my guess that the author of the book probably got really good grades in college, and this is their first or second book that they wrote and never served in the military. Right. Hey guys, it's Dan and Post. I finally got to look up David Morrell. Guess what? I was I was right, 100. Uh, percent He got a BA in English from a Canadian university because he's Canadian, not even American. Why is he talking about our business anyway? Moved to the United States, learned later how to write fiction from a sci-fi guy, and this was his first book, because he had something to say. But don't worry, he also, like, wrote the novelizations of the later movies, which are usually made after the movies are scripted. Ew. Anyway, long story short, uh, this guy's a BA in English, not in life, and uh, he had something to say, but didn't take the time to learn how to say it accurately. Okay, back to the show. That's yeah, they kind of chalk it up as jealousy, in a way. Well, they do that. Like, they do a uh, lot of dick measuring in the movie. Yeah. And that's why Trigger because, Happy Guy is uh, so you know, intent on, you know, this guy insulted me, I must put bullets in him. And it's right. like, you would never last that long as a deputy if every time you got insulted, you had to shoot somebody. True. That's not a sustainable yep. character. So, no. I don't know. I have problems with this movie. And I guess I should look up who wrote it and what they did with their life beforehand that they'd have. But I mean, I, I never served in the military, uh, but I, I know enough folks who did. Uh, and I've seen the dynamic of enough local and law enforcement. There is no, there's no problem there. There's no, 
malice between those parties. Mm-hmm. Those are cooperative parties. So what this movie's right. trying to say, I just think it's based on a flaw. It's just a flawed concept. I agree. The fucking hmm. movie sucks. I'm just kidding. I like this movie. <laughs> it just isn't good. It's it's good if you don't think holes about in it. it. Yeah. Just don't think about it. Don't discuss it. Don't <laughs> don't discuss the movie. Just kind of watch it and move on. Yeah. Yeah, this is yeah, it's good if you don't think about it. That was the it. thing. Like when I worked at the movie theater, we would meet in the parking lot after the movie and we would talk about it. And sometimes that would make you hate a movie that you thought you liked. Mm, <laughs> Cuz yeah. you hear other people talk about it, you're like, "Oh shit, yeah, I didn't think of that. I do hate this movie." What's that old Hitchcock thing where it's like there's going to be flaws in every movie and so you want your audience to leave the theater happy and then Mm. at 2 a.m. when they get up to get a snack, they go, oh, wait a minute. And that's when they hate (laughs) it because they already already liked it. So they're not going to remember it as a bad movie. Yeah. But this is a fun watch. I like the experience of watching this movie. I watch it more frequently than I do the sequels. Right. I'll watch it again probably next year sometime. You know, it's, it's worth owning because I will watch it again. Yeah. But, you know, the difference between this and Silence of the Lambs, right? There's a lot of unstated or just undeveloped portions of the story, right? Mm-hmm. The background of James Gum, uh, what happened to Mrs. Lippman, what other places the bodies are besides maybe on that map or maybe that's just the bodies on the map that we don't ever Mm -hmm. cover. And nothing that exists in all those little areas conflict directly with anything else in the story. So whether Travis draws the lines or I draw the lines, we're going to be able to come up with a consistent, well-told story, no matter what we fill in, Mm -hmm. as long as nothing conflicts. Whereas this movie, there's a lot left unsaid and there's no way to draw the lines without conflicting with some other dynamic in the movie. Right. Yeah. Hmm. There's an alternate ending I watched last night. I don't know if you saw that. On to the, which movie? To this. This one? How did where, it go? Uh, he, uh, he's in the... Is, where were they at the end? In the police department? Yeah, he's in yeah, the police sheriff's department. Yeah, sheriff's office. And the colonel is standing there and he asks the colonel to shoot him. To kill him. Yeah. He's like, you created me. You know, don't let them carry me out of here. And he does. He shoots him. He kills him. Shoots him right in the heart. Ugh. That would have been a great ending. Oh, that's it's, a it's, shit ending. That it's is on the de- It's horrible. on the desk. You can watch it. Horrible. Yeah. It, it, now, he doesn't shoot him like, fine, I'll shoot you. Like, he puts the gun down and... Rambo puts the gun back to his chest. Uh, and when he goes to pull the gun away, Rambo grabs his hand and then there's not a struggle, but there's an obvious pull of the trigger that's not it's almost like a a, a mercy killing in a way. It, it's done well to where the colonel didn't shoot him. It almost looks like Rambo forced it, but he does die at the end. There would not have been a Rambo too. And that's why they didn't go with that ending. Yeah. But also, I think it that's sounds a better like a, ending. It sounds like a terrible ending. Tell me why it's a good ending, George. I want to hear your perspective on that. Because it's so sad. Mm. Yeah, it's like suicide. It's basically a suicide. It's the real story. Yeah. But is it sad? Or is it like... It's real. I mean, I don't know. I guess the problem I have with it is 
him blaming the colonel for like making him what he is where it's like uh, it just oversimplifies it so much mm. oh hey here we go i just had to look because i oh god i just had to know uh <laughs> the author david morell uh Let's see. He was a professor of American literature <laughs> from 1970 to 1986. <laughs> what? Mm. Oh, look at that. He he was, yeah. No, that's what that is. That's what that is. That's, oh, shoot me in the heart so they can check me for CTE. Like. Yeah. What? No, that's not. God. Ugh. No. <laughs> no. 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 If you want to emphasize successfully the struggle of this John Rambo character. You do not have him put down by his government handler who made him what he is and to shoot him in the heart. Cause that's where, you know, no, that's bullshit. That's stupid mm. author bullshit. No, if you need that ending, if you want to make that ending as an alternate choice for the director to screen to test audiences, just to see what people like, there's a hundred people on scene with guns. Mm. And he can just walk out and do a suicide by cop. Or yeah. he can just commit suicide. Yeah. And that yeah, would be I just as sad. You cut the camera. To, I mean, you do uh, the the Ellis kill from Die Hard, right? Yeah. You have, the, you have the breakdown and you have all this sadness. Hell, you don't even have to have it be a suicide. You have the sadness. You have the breakdown. The decent, almost good acting from Stallone. And then you <laughs> cut to an, an outside external shot of the building and you hear a single gunshot credits right that's how you fucking in that movie yeah all this like put the gun in my heart where you made yeah. me government man no fucking soldier is gonna talk yeah. like that yeah, maybe maybe the uh private pile death would have been good private pile death perfectly yeah no no i, I agree acceptable yeah i agree i was when when you asked me why it was better it was better in my mind because because he died at the end. George loves the tragedy. I love George loves I love the, the idea of <laughs> Rambo dying at the end of this movie. What you just described, Dan, is a much better way than having uh, the, colonel the colonel do it. Yeah. Um, I think that if Rambo thought that this world would be a better place without him in it, he would just take care of himself. Mm. Doesn't seem like a guy who asks for help with things. Right, and I think that that is a that is a very real thing that happens. Mm-hmm. With veterans, and it's a shame that dialogue that he he gives is so good, yeah, and so powerful. But it's like Dan said, it's it's kind of lost on a bad actor. I mean, I I love Stallone. He's he is Stallone, but he's not hitting emotion like that. That mm. he almost gets there though, and that's he I think the frustrating part. There. Yeah, there's like there's two or three lines that if he just did that one more time, I might've been a hundred percent on board. Yeah. But all I can do is think about how many times I've seen people make fun of that scene. Fun of them. Mm-hmm. And it's just, they're right. I hate to say it because it's a well acted yeah. scene for the most part, but the stuff that I've seen pointed out about, you know, the legs and his, yeah. like the pitch he hits at that point, like, mm-hmm. yeah, you oh, guys it's, are it's, right. It's, it's this heart. It's, <sighs> it's, uh, it's heart wrenching to hear it. And that it's almost like it's a child telling the story you know he has no legs and he's like i can't find your legs like the way he was talking but i think with a with somebody who has range that's not stallone range but actual range yeah the the highs and lows of those lines that you know when you do character study and you sit there and you put 
hash marks and cross hatches and all these things in a in a script and you know this is where I'm going to inflect and this is where you know I'm going to trail off and all these different things and this is when you put all that stuff into a monologue like that he's he's kind of almost singing at one pitch there's no mm-hmm. up and down yeah and i think that the dialogue suffers from that that when you hear someone else who is good at giving monologues like that and you hear you just hear the pain and you couldn't hear the pain in his voice because it was always at one pitch if that makes sense yeah it makes sense like i always tell jen when she's she when the kids sometimes don't know when she's mad because her congratulatory voice is the same as her <laughs> uh, her uh, <laughs> her uh, reprimanding voice. Mom, you're really excited that I wrapped the car around a tree. <laughs> I always say to her, I'm like, I love you. <laughs> no, I love you too. And it's like, sometimes, you know, you got to kind of bring it down and that way they know you're happy. <laughs> My goodness. That's what she gets for always telling your kids that they don't know what pain is. <laughs> You're all painted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe we get somebody from Clerks to deliver that monologue. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know what pain is. You don't know what pain is. It's almost oh, like a Seinfeld. pain <laughs> is. Pain. Is Dante would deliver the shit out of that monologue. Mm. Randall would too. Randall Hell, Kev, like, Kev Smith would deliver that dialogue. <laughs> Randall would be like, I found his legs. I was like, I don't know where your legs are. Your legs? <laughs> I can't find your legs. I'm just holding my friends with a frame stuck to my face. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, his legs. They were lying on my head. <laughs> Give me the keys, mother. <laughs> <laughs> She's Louise. Shoot. Well, now I hate Rambo. Thanks, George. You're welcome. I don't know. I, you I did still, the thing. It's. <laughs> I think I like the character of John Rambo. I just don't like any of his movies. Does that make sense? Sure. Mm. Okay. I'll yeah. I'll go with that. I do like that it's essentially another slasher in the woods for a good twenty minutes. Yeah. There, that's fun. Yes. I love that part. Uh, that that whole picking them off one one at a time, but not killing them, but to let them know I could be killing you, but I'm not. Mm. It's pretty. Like, it's a lot shit. of dick measuring, though, right? <laughs> like, hey, mine's bigger. Knife. Well, mine's bigger. <laughs> machine gun. It's just ugh. It was hard to get know. past uh, Tommy Boy's dad just being such a dick. And why does he have a G three A three? That what? Why? There's no reason that I can think of. But I liked seeing it. It's a cool gun, but it was the mm. wrong gun. It was the wrong choice. Somebody picked it because it was bigger than the M16, and they were like, "You gotta have the biggest dig gun. Get her the biggest gun." <laughs> I want to go live where that movie opens up. That lake. That he shows up to find his friend. I was like, yeah. man, I want to live there. Wherever that is, that's where I want to live. That's well, a good you, place for a soldier to relax. If you don't mind a little more varied weather and yeah. hills instead of mountains, uh, where I live is essentially this movie. Like okay. When he's taking that town at the end, I'm like, oh, that's where I live. 
Mm. He just blew up my town. <laughs> it's, it's also where, you know, what's his name goes to get supplies to build his uh, model town up in the attic. In oh, in Beetlejuice, yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah, oh, that's such where a I small live. town. Yeah. So, yeah, Love. come visit. It's small. We have mm. very few things. You have like four streetlights and a sidewalk. We do have an Applebee's. Nice. At least we did before the pandemic. I haven't been in a while to see if it's still there, but. I have four Wawa's on my front lawn. <laughs> <laughs> you can probably get delivery of any yeah. food to your I house. Fall out my front door. I'm in a Wegman's. It's like ridiculous. I don't know. If Do I you have like Indian sticks. delivery 24 hours a day out there? They have all kinds of Thai, Vietnamese. Yes, we have all yeah, cultures I'm, here making food and delivering it. Yes, we had a Thai restaurant, and now we don't oh, anymore. What happened? What happened to it? The kid graduated college that was managing it, and his parents decided to retire. Oh, okay. So it's and a happy story for everyone but me. Now I don't get Thai food. It <sighs> sucks. Yeah, we have, we have like the mom and pop Thai, and then we have like the cookie cutter franchise Thai. We have like, back we have, alley yeah. Thai, dude. And we have back alley. It's good thai. shit. Ooh. There's a. <laughs> I just uh, <laughs> I just got a text from my sister. Uh oh. My. No, oh, okay. not no, not not your wife. Uh, Natalie, hmm. I'm cracking up laughing right now. Just looked at the podcast, and I have to admit, I have never seen any of these films you watched. Cheers to being sheltered. <laughs> oh, my. Wow. We got to get her on, too. <laughs> well, now she can catch up by watching all these movies. Yeah. Sheltered. Nothing wrong with that. Well, I did my part. My wife watched First Blood last night. There so. you go. First time. My wife watched the first 10 minutes of Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> How do you watch 10 minutes and not watch the rest of that movie? I just watched, it was really late, and I mm. just wanted to watch the first scene with... Uh, Lecter. Lecter. Dr. Yeah. Lecter? Yep. Yeah. Oh, my God. I think I watched that movie twice while I've been sitting here <laughs> in my head. I just looked at the time to see if I could fit in one tonight before bed, and I was like, ooh, I yeah. could go for a silence right now. Yeah. I just wanted to see Clarice deliver the line about the survey. Oh, yeah, it's my favorite that's part. I, that's oh, what yes. I wanted to get to. <laughs> she's just like <laughs> holding back the vomit. She's like, what have I done? Oh. <laughs> yeah, can't put that back in. I need to find more Jodie Foster movies. Like, she's such a great actress. I want to see her do that thing. You know what's movies. a good movie? Panic Room. I've heard good things. I've never seen if it. You, if you like that kind of movie, like a home invasion type thing, she's very good in it. And the supporting cast, it's got like Forrest Whitaker and Jared Leto and all these people in it that are, everybody's good, even the kid. So, yeah, I recommend that. I wouldn't put it in our podcast because it's not like, you know, up there with the movie that everybody has seen. But it's it's definitely a good movie with her in it. Did I tell you guys that Silence of the Lambs is your favorite movie of all time? Might be my favorite movie of all time. We did that. I'm so happy because that's one of my movies. A masterpiece. That's it's one, so good. That's one of my top 10 easily. When I like that weeks later, it's still like living in your mind. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And it will. That's a good sign. And when you watch it for like the 10th time, you're going to go, holy shit, that's Mrs. Littman's son. <laughs> I got to read the book, man. It's on my list of stuff to do. I got and a lot she's to in do. the bathtub. But that's definitely her in the bathtub. But that doesn't mean he's the son. But it definitely is a psycho kind of thing. But well, <sighs> I tried to I tried to cameo him 
just so he could tell you that it's he's <laughs> Mrs. Lippman's son. I'm not on cameo, so. Oh man, maybe he's soon. He's not on there soon. Someday. Jeez, I watched Species today, which I don't know if I'd ever actually seen. And let me tell you, that might be the way to get me to watch more sci-fi. Yeah. That's a fun movie. And Forrest Whitaker's in that too. He's in yes, everything. Yes, he is. Love Forrest Whitaker. He that that and and uh what's his name? Um is it uh oh god, what's his name? Madison? Oh, Madsen. Madsen. Yeah. He's a uh, Mr. Black or Mr. Red or whatever from Reservoir Dog Dogs. What you color know, is he? You know it's funny. What? All my uh all my tools. You right? name them Mr. Black? No, oh. check it out. Each guy has like a different color electrical tape like wrapped around their tools so that we can tell whose tools are whose. Yeah. And I put pink tape on mine. <laughs> so I'm Mr. Pink. Nice. It's good stuff. I like it. Well, I guess I like that it. clears it up when the record executive comes by and goes, and by the way, which one's pink? <laughs> we all know. <laughs> it's George. It's George. Yeah. Now, spe- species is good. Nice, uh, nice balance of alien, aliens, and boobs. What? Boobs. There were boobs in that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're on the poster. <laughs> That's a good movie, on its own merits. The only thing I, yeah, well, I don't know if we'll watch it. I didn't like the whole mating thing. It kind of was a subplot. I wasn't. Uh. <laughs> Whatever. I wish they would have done, like, I, I just, it almost had like a rom-com kind of feel when she was trying to trap these guys. Oh, no, it's know. it's a kind of a sucky movie. Yeah. But it, if you want me to watch sci-fi, that's how you make sci-fi that I'll watch. <laughs> okay. Mm. That's why I'm going to make you guys watch Invasion of the B-Girls one of these days. <laughs> as long as we watch uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers first. Okay, I guess. Okay. That's fine. B girls. Is that with uh Brink Stevens or No, this is from the seventies. Well, George, you've seen how to die hardly. You've seen how to mm-hmm. blood firstly. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for your next adventure? Absolutely. Do you feel young by any chance, or do you feel old? Do I feel I mean, in some ways, I, I feel mean, like young. right now, are you feeling like are you feeling young, or are you feeling old? Young. Well, good, because next week you're going to be headed to no country for old men. Mm. So you'll be fine because you're young, but there's no country for old men, mm. and that's where so we're I'm going. Screwed. I'm screwed. Travis has never seen this movie, right? Oh, double debut. Have you ever seen this, George? I think that we inadvertently flipped flipped it on Travis because I have seen this movie. What? I love this movie. What? (gasps) Yay. (laughs) I think we talked about doing this a few weeks ago, and I'm just glad. We did. We we talked about it happening because every now and then Travis has to see something new. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's, like I said, I got married at some point, so there's some movies I haven't seen. <laughs> so, 
Travis will be the student next week. Ooh. Does that mean I have to wait till the night? I'll still I'll do it be, on the night. I'll, <laughs> I'll still be the student though. No, it's fine. I'll uh We'll both be students I'll give from, my opinion. from Dan, but yeah. I like this movie. As long as uh Travis likes it. <laughs> you don't have to like it. No, but I mean We'll beat you I, over I get, the head with it if you don't. Okay. I'm assuming That'd I be will good. because I mean it's it's supposedly a phenomenal movie, so I'm not really worried about that i mean you can't trust people definitely watch it with your son yeah i don't know the full penetrative <laughs> sex might be a bit much <laughs> it's I'm probably sh- really I'm gory sh- i'm shaking yeah. my head no okay no actually no. he could you could totally watch it with your kid it's good yeah but is he queasy i don't is there a reason to be queasy nah, he's be looking fine. at me like yeah it's like heads rolling it's down like the steps. uh it's like the old hitchcock okay you know what you what you imagine in your head is much worse. Okay, that's that's yeah. Good. No, he'll be fine. This is one I I've, I'll watch it again this week just to make sure. But in my head, uh, this is like, hey, I've got a twelve year old boy and he likes movies. He's watching this movie. Okay, I think that's about when you could do it. It's less graphic than any Jason movie. That's for damn sure. <laughs> well, when your son tells you he didn't like Halloween, it's time to you know hang it right, up. Right, right, right. Yeah. Did you tell Again, him the story I, about I, how you tried to stab a guy? He might have liked it better then. <laughs> <laughs> I never tried to stab him. Did you tell him the story about how you found a dead body? No, I couldn't get through it. <laughs> 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 he talked the whole time. Oh, man. Uh, Both ways. You're going to thank us for showing you this movie. Or you're going to hate us for making you watch Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 4, <laughs> colon, No Country for Old Men. Yeah, no. If that's uh, the case, if it, if old eyebrows comes back, we're going to have a problem. Old eyebrows. Is, is eyebrows in, this, in any of the new ones? I yes. mean, a lot of the people have eyebrows. Actually, in Part 3, his character is around uh, in a coma. wearing. Do they visit a, him in jail? He, like, communicates... Through telepathy with a blind girl in a mental asylum. <laughs> Holy shit. It's the plot of Friday 7. It's so much worse, though. It's so much shittier. And then he eventually, of course, wakes up because Santa Claus comes in mm. to the ward. And he's walking around in like a hospital gown with like an upside down bowl on his head, like a glass bowl. I, what? And they're like, oh, we put his brain back together after the bullet ripped it up. I'm like, this movie sucks. Hey guys, thanks for joining us once again on the Remedial Film Class Podcast. We'll see you back in two weeks for No Country for Old Men. Luckily, not a Silent Night, Deadly Night sequel. My goodness. In the meantime, look us up on the Facebook group, the Remedial Film Class Podcast Extra Credit Discussion Group. You can also find us just at the Remedial Film Class Podcast page on Facebook. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at Remedial Film Pod. You can also email us at remedialfilmpod at gmail.com. We'll see you back here real soon, friendo. Friendo.